Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Properties Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. This week was extremely strenuous on me. Um, It's the last month of our fiscal year and at work, so assignments are getting kind of crazy. The changing, like per usual, getting kind of crazy. I'm just trying to stay in line with training, with my own work assignment, with making sure that everything is getting done to the best of my ability so that we can uh, close out this year uh, strong, but it's stressful. You know, if you work in any kind of uh, production-based uh, job, you understand how it is when you're at that finish line of needing to uh, meet certain goals. So it's been it's been crazy, if I'm being honest. But I've been doing my best, uh, sticking to it, you know, working the, the time that I need to work, trying to stay focused, um, experiencing some slight issues, but I'm dealing with it um, at work. You know, I just... It, like I like I continue to say, um, nobody has a gun in my head making me stay there. Unfortunately, the way that you know the world is right now, or the uh, the economy is right now, um, attempting to get another job is not working for me at this time. So it's just like I have to deal with what I have to deal with until change comes, and that's what I'm doing. You know, you guys know that. I don't, I'm not a quitter and by no means, so I'm going to stick to whatever the plan is until it works out. You know, my motto is patience, purpose, order. I, I truly believe that um, following that always puts me in the right position. It doesn't do it in a quick manner, but I feel like as long as I continue to press forward, I'm able to uh, get to the necessity regardless of how long it takes. Um, one of the misfortunes, though, that I've experienced directly this week was direct racism. And I've experienced racism before, um, and I'm one of them people that I'd rather you just outright just be racist so that, you know, we could just go from there, right? It's just when you do the the systematic racism type stuff is just it's crazy to me and i know that's a that's a constant fight that a lot of people are fighting right now i really try to stay off of race based um topics because i don't i don't agree i don't agree uh with a lot i understand i mean unfortunately i understand some of it but it's just like it's a tiresome thing to to have to deal with, but when it's like underhanded, it's, it gets really, really frustrating. And I've experienced that this week and it really had taken any, any sign of peace that I felt like I had, it really shifted. It really shifted. Um, and I mean, again, I, I say it all the time. It's my podcast. So I can say what I want. Um, and I try to be as open as possible with you guys. Um, I told you guys I had to, or I, um, I have to move from this property uh, very soon because of the greediness of the current owner um, of this property. And so I'm going through and I'm looking for places and 
everything is going is going good. Um, I meet the obligations for the credit. I meet the obligations for the income, and everything is good. And once I show my ID, the houses mysteriously are off the market. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, we're no longer uh, looking for a, a tenant, or uh, we decided to go some uh, with someone else. And then, you know, I look like I looked yesterday at. Um, I saw again. I was on Zillow, and I saw some places that I was told that, you know, weren't available no more. They're back available, and it's just like, just, just say because I'm black, right? Just say you don't want to give me that opportunity, and let it be that. Like, cause you can't tell me. Like one company sent me, um, the background check and all of that, and it, you know, everything was clear by their requirements. Everything was clear, and they still denied me. And so it was just really it, it was just really weird to me that that's how people are still moving in 2023 um and it hurt like it like it cuz I'm I thought that I was in a in a progressive area per se I know I'm in Arizona um but I really really um am out of the way like I chose this area because it was so di- uh, diverse it has um this little town is like literally two steps, excuse me, two steps away from reservation, first of all, right? And the majority of the families down here are diverse. And I mean, not diverse, American black, American white, uh, Hispanic. I mean, like across the world, like the, um, the adoption percentage, uh, excuse me, the adoption percentage down here is really high from kids from different countries, right? From, uh, you know, parents, uh, immigrants moving here, different countries. And so I didn't really think that it was, it was still a thing down here. And having that experience all last week, it really made me feel a way. Um, it did encourage me more or put me back on my focus of, you know, just, just owning my own property. After I took that financial hit at the beginning of the year, um, it really discouraged me because I wouldn't be in this position. Up, oh, come on, I wouldn't be in this position, you know, had that situation not happened. I would, I would have been in a position to uh, to buy, and I tried not to kind of keep focusing on on certain things but it's it's one of those avalanche type things it's like i i forgot about it. it is what it is but then i experienced excuse me i experienced something like this and it takes me back to the beginning of the year like man if that never happened then you know i wouldn't even be in this in the first place because i would be able to have done what i need to do you know even in regard as a result to work as a result to work, it's one of those things that I'm like, I just need to get the poetry situated. I need to get the store situated um, in its entirety so that I can be more in a position to to work for myself and, you know, be able to do the things that I need to do for the kids. Thinking about it, it it's just extremely frustrating, you know, how hard the journey is for a lot of us. Stop it, stop it. Um, how the journey is for a lot of us, you know, and for me with what I'm going through and what we all go through. Like, if you really pay attention, you know, for those that are, you know, struggling with 
I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, Cinnamon is on a mic. Um, for those of you who are dealing with some sort of mental illness, right? It's like playing a game of Battleship. And you playing against yourself. You know, and I sit here and a lot of times it's just like it's me against me. It's like how do you how do you win with that? You know? Like the wins when I when I do have them, it feels like a a, a raindrop in a bucket of water. The losses, on the other hand, feel like a tsunami trying to fit in a shot glass. And it could be an equal win, equal loss situation, but the loss just seems that much uh, harsher because of how hard, you know, we try to go to be at peace, how hard we try to go to to make things, you know, work how, how they should work. And so that's been a struggle for me, you know, over the past couple of years, just trying to... Um, find fairness and try to try to find uh balance in my emotions when I have wins versus when I have losses like trying to uh maintain an evil kill of you know of understanding hey this loss is not forever or you know this win is not forever keep going keep you know keep trying and understand that regardless you don't have to keep going you don't have to keep trying to to do what you need to do and so it gets it gets tiresome it really does um it's like no matter how hard, like, no matter how hard I go to do what's right, I feel invisible. And I'm not saying that from a space of, like, I'm seeking attention in an unhealthy way, right? I'm not doing, I'm not doing things, you know, unhealthy, seeking attention. I'm not doing things extreme, you know, I'm not, it's not an adrenaline rush, Um of trying to be seen or anything like that is just that when you are um, dealing with mental distress and you're at an emotional deficit, it's like, dang, like nobody sees how hard you're working. There's no appreciation for what you are, you are going through. Um, I said before, I'm not even a, like, it's, it's weird before all of this started to happen with me mentally, I've never been a person who cared about kudos. I used to get mad at work when they used to be like, oh, I want to give you kudos for this, da 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 And it's like, nah, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. But as I start paying attention more, I start realizing how the kudos is necessary. It's necessary because if you do something wrong, and I mean something, it could be something that is very minute and something that's very uh, large, that you'll get chastised for it. It doesn't matter how much good you did before. So it's like, it, it's good to hear, yo, you did a good job. I appreciate you for doing that, right? And I didn't pay attention to that before because I'm very much a, I can hype myself up when I need to type of person. I don't lean on others' idea of who I am. Like while I'm, when I'm in my right mind, I'm not, I'm not looking at others' idea of who I am to get me going. It's just not something that ever crossed my mind. However, as I start going through this battle, it's like this equal opportunity. If you're going to tell me I did bad, tell me when I did good. Because the losses hurt no matter. I don't care how you slice it. It's super weird when, when, uh, when your mind is so fragile, how difficult it is to process the losses. 
right? Because when everything is when everything is kind of going good, you really you're not paying attention to that. You don't it don't really bother you like that. But for whatever reason, when you're at that emotional deficit, it's like man, that that could be life or death to you, and you don't know how to get through that. So for me, I'm I'm learning. I'm I, I am I'm I'm like dang like. I go so hard at, at trying to, you know, do the things I'm supposed to do for the kids. I go so hard, make myself presentable, you know, suitable to to be a good partner and stuff like that, you know, to to give off that idea of who I am. Right. But I'm also honest with who I am. So it's like you don't have to go that that far to to figure me out. I, I am who I say that I am. And that's just what it is. But it's like no matter how like how hard I, I go to do what's right, I just still I'm not seen. So it's like I be in plain sight but invisible. And in all honesty, it sucks when you have to talk about certain things. It goes back to what I said last week, how one side of the the field is a hit dog or holler. Um, and another side is, well, if it's not this, then why you didn't say nothing? So it's just difficult to be in the space to really say how you feel because it always seems like a pity party. Like if your emotions are not, you know, praising or positive or speaking of achievements you're all you're considered negative you're considered a downer you're considered complaining right and it's just like it's just unfair to people so I don't want to make it a woe is me type thing because that's not what I mean by any of anything that I just said I just know that a lot of times I'll be legit in front of the thing I'll be for real like right there in front of the person and because I'm so attentive to myself, I know when people are on the surface with me, right? I know when people don't value who I am for real. There's a need in me that they need, and they're gonna they're gonna be there until one. I wake up and realize there you just I'm here for the need, or two they no longer need it. And I, I I recognize that in my life, um, and I don't I don't tolerate that more. I don't tolerate that anymore to the best of my ability. Some people are, are really able to hide it really good, and they lose they use. I'm sorry. They use your weakness of kind of not wanting to be alone for real. They use that against you. They know how they know like you're not really outgoing, but you really don't like, you know, not having anyone. And they use that against you because you have something that you can fulfill for them. And they're not willing to reciprocate in any way of what they're taking from you. But you're so weak in what you're trying to process and you're so alone and you're so uh, concerned about you know, losing whatever, whatever is the good part of the person or the good part of the thing. You're so lost in that, that you're not willing to, to separate from it. And that's how we end up in these long-term abusive type relationships that we don't really see the abuse. We don't really see the pain. We don't really see the hurt because they're fulfilling that, that thing. And it's just like, again, we're really, we're just hiding in plain sight. And it's just it's just difficult because being seen a lot of times is different between life and death. Like it really is. Um, and it's 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 a it's a bad place to be in. Because 
you're not trying to be seen like famous. You you're trying to be seen as an acknowledged. Like you matter to somebody, not even to a great deal like emergency, like like that, like protection, just your presence, like like it matters, like if something happens to you. Um, but honestly, with where I'm at right now and what I'm going through and how, you know, depression attacks me, how my anxiety just goes 100 on 10 and paranoia kicks in and stuff like that. A lot of days I wish I could choose violence. Like overall, like I really wish um, I could sit in that space of anger. I could sit in that space of not really caring for real, but not really caring on the emotional side, right? Remember I told you guys last week, I was I used to be heavy on, I don't give a fuck about this, I don't care about that, but a whole while I, I, I'd be in shambles. I really wish I could still be there. I really, really do. And I say that because when you in chaos, everything seems okay. You so occupied with fighting this and fighting that and arguing and this and seeing this. And, like, you're so occupied over there, you don't have time to think about the other stuff. Your mind is never settled in chaos. Your mind is never settled in confusion. You're allowing it to be that way because you're comfortable. And until you, like, something has to really happen for it to click for you, like, damn, I don't, I don't really want to be here. And that clicked for me, right? But as I'm genuinely fighting this, this fight of peace, of clarity, of mental stability, it's boring as hell, y'all. And the calm, the peace, it allows you to see all the hurt. It allows all the triggers to be right there. Like so much that you, so much so you gotta like legit sit down and prioritize what hurt you wanna deal with first. You don't have all the distractions in there. And the pain that comes with peace, like nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about how painful it is to, to have a clear mind, to be able to, to think about the trauma. One of the biggest things that I don't think that people tell you when you are really trying to heal is how much you have to poke at the trauma that puts you in a position that you're in to break free from the position that you're in. That's something that should be talked about more of. Like, I, I got to start shit with myself to get out of this position that I'm in that's low-key killing me. And so a lot of times I sit here and, you know, something like I'm going through whatever I'm going through. And I'd be like, man, I wish I really was still with the shits. I really wish I was back. You know, uh, we had this spot, you know, at the homie house. We called it the bug. We didn't care. We didn't care about nothing. Drinking, smoking, girls like we didn't care about nothing. We all had jobs and stuff and, and going to school. But like we just really didn't care. We didn't have no care of anything. Like we just was hanging out, rapping living life, you know, everybody was paying their bills respectively, but that was our spot and that's just what it was. But that's a child's game right there. You grow up, you start having a family, you start wanting peace, but no one tells you how, how, how bad it hurts. There's so many days that I'm be like, man, like it's crazy because such and such and such and such happened. I didn't remember that shit when I was drinking every day, when I was smoking every day, you know, partying. Like, I don't remember none of that. 
I don't remember no childhood trauma when I'm going through that. And that's why I feel like a lot of times um, as you get older and, and you start revealing stuff, that's why, oh, you lying. Why you didn't say nothing earlier? Because I was distracting myself. Because if I would have re responded to the pain in real time, I would be dead or in jail or, or somebody else would be dead for the trauma or somebody else would be hurt from the trauma. So it's just a it's a process of life. I think that we you know that that naturally we go through is to distract ourselves from it. I tell people all the time, like it, it just, I don't be fighting no more. I don't start arguments no more. I really I really keep myself out of. Uh, I try my best to keep myself out of the position to where there might be some violence, because. I don't, I'm not in my rational mind. So everything to me is I got to give back to my kids. So what that means to me that if I have to fight, somebody going to die and it's not going to be me. I know that's irrational, but that's just how I, I, I think because of everything that I've been through, things that I've never told a soul, things that I have to live with. And I feel that I'm going to live with to the day that I die. So I always say I'm going to get back to my kids. In chaos, I don't think about that level of violence. I don't think about that level of confrontation. I'm jumping in it. Let's go. Come on. In peace, I, I see the hurt that I went through. I see how, you know, I went through things and no one was there for me. I see how it's things that I really want to talk about, but I really can't. So much pain and healing. And it's it's solely because you got to poke at it yourself. You got to be man, woman enough to poke at it yourself. Hey, I'm tired of feeling like this. All right, well, well, all right, let me pull that. I know, I know it hurts. I know it's gonna make me cry. I know it's gonna make me relive some stuff. But hey, come here. Let me let, come here. Let me let me handle that. And I'm talking about you literally pulling it back to to your remembrance, putting yourself back in that position of where you were to say, okay, cool. This happened when I was this age. I'm not that Asian no more. I'm not that vulnerable no more. I'm not that uh, ignorant anymore. I have my own thoughts now. I'm strong enough physically to defend myself. Um, and you have to break it down. And that's hell. That's hell. Especially if you st you still invisible. Because you're like, dang, well, am I invisible because that happened? Am I invisible because that happened? And then now you're back in the cycle of being down on yourself and not believing in yourself and not, you know, having an understanding that it's going to take some time. I look at it, I look at it like this. Once you start wanting to heal for real and you're, you're at a consistent basis of doing it, it's just like how you age in your life. As a result to healing, I'm four years old. I've been suffering from depression, anxiety forever. Just didn't know it until I got a diagnosis, right? Everything didn't kick into hyperdrive until Kennedy died. December 24, 2019. As a result to healing, as a result to dealing with that trauma, I'm still a baby. Yeah, you, you, you can onesie, twosie try to heal. 
that don't, it, it, that's not counting for nothing because you are still willing to go back to who you were when you were unhealed. For me, I'm not willing to go back to that. I have consistently been trying to heal for four years, but I'm still a baby. I'm still pulling things from four, five, six, seven years old. I'm still pulling things from relationships. I'm still pulling things from lost opportunities. I'm still pulling things from, you know, uh, uh, parental issues. I'm still pulling the, that trauma. I have to. But it didn't hurt so bad when I didn't care. It didn't hurt so bad when chaos was cool to me. See, when you're in the midst of chaos, everybody sees that. When you're an alcoholic, when you're a weed head, when you're stealing, when you're a crackhead, when you all of those things, everybody see that because it's easy to judge that. The only time they pay attention to you while you're healing is to say you think you're better than somebody because you don't do the same things that they do anymore. And they have no idea how much you really wish that you could still do those things. But something in your mind won't let you. You have matured in a way that the pain of everything is, is bringing you to a point of almost death. And you will rather be bored in peace to try to figure it out no matter how much it hurts. But we got to stop lying to ourselves. We have to stop lying to others um, and giving them this idea that healing is easy, that peace is easy. It's not. Like, I'm telling you, if I had the opportunity to, to, like, really flip the switch of my morals to go back to chaos, I, in a heartbeat. Because the pain that comes with peace is, it's, whew, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And it's just you. Nobody, and nobody cares about you trying to be peaceful. Like, we laugh, you know, I want to do hood rest stuff with my friends, but really think about how many of your friends that encourage you to be peaceful. When you're going through something, uh, uh, think about how many of your friends are giving you sound advice. A lot of our friends, we, look, we, we respond from emotion. We respond from protection. So even if, even if we know it's not logical, we're like, no, fight that girl. Go shoot the house up. Break up with him. Break up. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's why I don't. That, this is the reason why I don't give relationship advice or even you know friendship advice when people are having difficulties in friendships. One, I don't know the full story. What I do know is how much the person that I'm cool with, like, because I'm friends with with you, I'm not really friends with your spouse to an extent, right? So when you telling me, oh fuck her, fuck him, da 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 da, you going off and I'm gonna leave. Not on my watch. I seen you cry over her. I seen you cry over him. I know how much you really love this person. I'm not encouraging you to leave. Are you out of your mind? I'm going to let you cry, though. I'm going to let you vent. I'm Because I'm big. Man, fuck her. She got my goddamn nerve. I'm big on that. To the homie. But it's it's to the homie that knows me for real. That knows I'm just hurt. That knows I need a way to just figure out how to communicate what I'm really feeling without it turning into something extra. Even when people be about to, you know, stop their friendships and stuff like that. I'm don't come to me if you're trying to break up. 
especially if I know your your ins and outs. Don't don't do that because I know how much you love or like somebody for real friendship or relationship. I know how much you really dislike them. It's certain it's certain things that I'm like, mm, well, that's like the fourth time you said something negative about this person. They hurt your feelings or didn't take you into consideration. I think it might be time to get away from that person. But if I know you and I'm paying attention to you, I know how you really feel. So I know when you when you're expressing something to me because you're mad at you and your feelings. And I know when you're expressing something to me when you're like, all right, I feel disrespected. I feel hurt. At that point, it's like, all right, I'm with you. I'm not I'm not agreeing with your emotions. We've seen it time and time again where you agree with your friends' emotions and you like, you know, forget this man, forget this woman, da 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 they ain't this, they ain't that. And then two days later, hey girl, come to the crib, and that person is there. Hey fam, you know, I'm about, I'm about to grill, you know, me and wifey about to wait, what? You just said you hated her. You just mm-mm. Mm-mm. So we have to, we, we gotta stop lying to people. We got to stop, stop encouraging the wrong thing. We got to start paying attention, for real. Like, our, our minds are, are being wasted. Our emotions are being disrespected. Our, our thoughts are uh, being overlooked because we, we're, we're, we're trying to be seen in, a, in, a, in, in the wrong way. And I get it. I get it. Because when I'm doing positive stuff, nobody, nobody sees it. But if I go and do something negative, the reprimand is going to be right there from friends, family, and, and everybody. Like, if somebody would have told me when I really was like, y'all, I really just, I just want peace. If somebody would have been like, hey, this journey is, is, is hectic, big dog. Like, for real, for real. You about to have to check yourself. You about to have to uh, uh, antagonize yourself because you, you got to pull that out. Nobody else going to be a, be able to pull it out. There's certain things that I pulled out, I've been able to pull out of me as a result of my emotions and my triggers that none of the three, four therapists have ever been able to, and they're professionals, and they're trained on this. And this is no shot at them. It's just, it's certain things you're going to have to pull out yourself. You're going to have to. That's why I say, you know, I look myself in the mirror every day. Make sure I'm still good. Make sure I am who I say that I am. Make sure I still have the confidence to, to be sure in who I am so that as I'm pulling stuff out, I'm able to deal with it. I'm able to to have understanding of what I'm going through. I'm able to, to um, not lash out once I'm in the midst of breaking something down. I think that's what we get lost at is that we start to, we start to break down our hurt but then we start pushing it outwardly, like against people that have nothing to do with anything. We might even reach out to the person that we feel that hurt us to, to go off. I'm so glad I came to the conclusion in my mind that what someone else did to me didn't matter. Because that kept me up at night, waiting for apologies waiting for reconnection waiting for just the just the thought of yo i shouldn't have did that to you and it never came
the moment I start saying to myself, yo, it didn't matter. I was there. I know what happened. And believing it. But not only believing it, but being factual with myself. So Meaning, if I was wrong, to say, no, you, you, fam, you, you did that. But only focusing on what I did. Because what you do doesn't, it shouldn't affect me to that, to that extent. If I say that I'm peaceful, you there should not be anything other than you trying to kill me that should alter my idea of me being peaceful. Like it, it just it it just shouldn't. So I'm just like, if 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 I knew peace was like this, it just wouldn't be. Um I know that at choosing chaos, that's not the right way to go, if I'm being honest. I know that. It just feels a little bit safer there. But that's not my truth anymore. And until you're... Until you are demolished emotionally and you're drowning in mental illness... You don't until you're until you're going through it at that level, you don't realize that healing isn't permanent. You 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 don't. What we've been taught to do by family, by friends, by society is to suppress, to get over it. It's not that serious. You still alive. Why are you dwelling on that? Our mental health is our biggest downfall because of how much we don't know. We associate mental health with weakness. Expressing ourselves is weak. Crying is weak. If you didn't die, but you're hurt, it's weak. That alone is stressful in itself because you're trying to figure out how do I get these emotions out? How do I get this thought out of my mind? How do I erase this trigger if every time I say something, every time I speak on it, it's looked at as weakness? It puts you in such a darkness. It really does. Like on one hand, on one hand, having the understanding that healing isn't permanent. It releases some stress because now it's like, okay, I understand healing is a permanent thing. This is something that I'm going to have to work on, right? So it's like nothing's wrong if I'm, you know, having a good day or a good week and then I'm triggered by something that makes me feel sad or that hurts me. Um, it brings high level of emotion and, you know, it forces me to have to deal with whatever that issue is. On the other hand, it's like, damn, I got to deal with this until I die. I'm going to be fighting triggers and traumas till I die. At what point do I get to a higher level of peace than chaos? Whereas, like, like right now, I feel like it's even. So I'm able to focus on on everything equally. I, I posted the other day, man, I can't wait till the tables turn in a positive way and stay there for a while. Because I need a break. I need a break, y'all. I, I just need to be able to have more consistent, positive, and peaceful days in weeks and months. 
for a little bit longer. I get it in like hours, days. Having a consistent week of peace. Like I don't I don't know when the last time I've been able to to have that. That will weaken the strongest mind. Feeling like you have to fight constantly without a break. Like, that will weaken the strongest mind. We're in a space where we're searching for the finish line of healing and realizing it doesn't come until death. That realization is complicated. Like, if you put that in perspective, like, it, it's, it's really a complicated thing. Like, damn. I could really be living my best life, chilling. Like for me right now, watching my kids grow up, um, rest in peace, Kennedy, watch, you know, watching them grow up and something could hit. Like right now, just the thought of five of my kids will age, one of my kids will not. It's a trigger. I will never not have that trigger until I don't exist in physical form anymore. Puts us in a, a, a mode of desperation. And now, once we're in that mode of desperation, we're looking for whatever that make us feel good, whatever that make us feel better. And no matter what it is. We can't clear our minds from it. We can't, like, we're looking for whatever. I'm trying to forget. I'm trying to get high out of my mind to forget. I'm trying to get drunk out of my soul to forget. Like we like we doing all this stuff. I'm trying to sleep with this person and that person. I'm trying to get back to that side of chaos so I can't feel this. I'm trying to put myself through as much confusion as I possibly can so I don't have to feel this. See we trying to we like like we're invisible in plain sight trying to get seen for the wrong things. And it's weird, like, especially for me, everything that I do in my creative space requires me to be seen. But I struggle very hard with face-to-face -face human interaction. I struggle very hard with face-to-face -face communication. Like, if you're not in my immediate group where I feel safe with, it is so difficult for me to have a conversation with you verbally. I can text. We could be social media friends, all that. I'm I'm a great social media friend, but my anxiety just don't allow me to trust too many people. The paranoia gets it gets a hold of me, right? Because I'm trying to fight so many different things within myself. It's like you not seeing me for what I need to be seen for. My insecurities come up. And it's not on you that I'm insecure about certain things, but it's running through my mind and that's going to affect how I deal with the friend, how I deal with the relationship, because I know that I'm willing to not have either. I'm willing to not have either. Like I said, it, it like we get in we get in desperation mode um, and try to do whatever we feel that's going to strengthen our minds and to clear the fog, whatever. I saw a video the other day, like somebody, um, this farmer ha had posted a video. 
Now, I don't know if they were having problems with wild boars or I don't know if these wild boars belong to this farmer. And, well, if they're wild boars, then no. So let's go with the assumption that these were wild boars and this farmer was having issues, right? And he had set up this trap and it was it was a metal gate with these iron fence. And he had set up, um, or the, the bait was fresh corn. Like he had mashed up, I guess, cut, uh, corn on a cob, whatever, like put it in the middle of this trap. And without hesitation, without hesitation, these uh, these boars just went. Like, it blew my mind that these boars wanting, or maybe, or let me not say wanting, they might, have, they may be, uh, have been in need of nourishment. Without thought and without hesitation, they ran head first into the to this so-called field of corn, and they was tearing that corn up. Only for them gates to drop, and it'd be the end. I don't know if the farmer, you know, slaughtered them. I don't know if he relocated them. There's no scenario that was a good scenario for these boar, other than they just got a good feeding of corn, but they could possibly at this point be slaughtered or relocated to the point to where they're no longer at home. So either way, it's a it's a lose-lose for them. It made me think how we as humans do the same thing on an emotional and mental level. We be so damaged and so afraid to tell people we damaged that we gonna ignore all signs of danger on a mental and emotional level if it allows us to fit in. We'll go right in that field of corn Knowing like mm, something not right. Why this right here? Why so much of it right here? Why is it so good right here? Why does this part feel so good? We're not thinking about nothing else. And we find ourselves trapped in these situations that do us more harm than good. That kill us emotionally. That relocate us mentally. That alters our want to love people, want to be around people, want to be friends with people. And then we blame that we blame those people when we never looked at those signs. All we saw was the good part of it. All we saw was a good meal. All we saw was a sexy body. All we saw was um, money. All we saw was things like again. I say it to him, blue in his face. That's why I don't. When I see people on social media and they, you know, are traveling the world and they posting money or cars or you know on uh, vacations and stuff like that. That's why I never be like, you know, relationship goals, financial goals. That because I don't know what you did to get there. I don't know what you sacrificed within, your, within yourself to get there. And I'm not saying everybody had to have some le some level of sacrifice that posts on social media, but I don't know what you did to get there. I don't I don't know, and I'm saying sacrifice like the literal sacrifice, not this. Oh, you an Illuminati, blah blah. Uh, get that out of here. I'm talking about legit sacrifice, whether it was time away from your family, where it was time away from you wanting to create a family, but you're like, nah, I got to do this first for myself. Nah, I got to get this done before I move on to the next thing in my life. 
I don't know what you had to sacrifice to get there. A lot of us don't, but we willing to jump. We willing to jump right in it. We willing to jump right in it and ignore the possibility of that iron fence closing on us and us losing ourselves. Us relocating our right mind to feel good for this moment of nourishment. And that really bugged me out seeing that like, dang, like we all do it. We all do it. Especially when you're freshly in that point of healing, you're, you're trying to get close to peace as you can. It don't matter who is with or what you're doing. And that hit me this weekend or this week when I really, when I saw that. Like when I saw those board, do, and, it, and, and I think what threw me off is that it wasn't just one herd. It was like, it was like three, I think it was three or four different herd of wild boar that came into that trap. And what that let me know is that, again, like humans, you can't tell nobody nothing. I can see it with my own eyes, and I'm still going to try it because I feel like I can handle it differently than you. Think about that. You can, in your right mind, see something that is hurtful, that breaks someone down, that breaks their courage, and you still going to be like, no, nah, I can do that. I, I, I can't play with my heart no more. I can't play with my, my mind no more. If it walk like a duck and it quack like a duck, it's a duck. And if it turns out that it's not a duck, I'll never know. Because it's just certain things I don't need to experience it. I've I've like like I say, one time is a mistake. Two times is a mistake. Three and up, that's who you are. I don't need to see that. I don't, mm -mm. I don't need to see that. So I'm not gonna give that time. I'm not gonna allow that to to invade my space. I'm not gonna go after that and. That video it just tripped me out because I that's that's how life is. You can full well see somebody going through something. I could do it better than that. And then when you find yourself experiencing the same defeat that the other person did, you find a reason why it's different and it's not. You saw it, but it looked so good to you and you ignored everything else because you you were desperate. You were not you until we get out of the mode of desperation, life always gonna be hectic. It's always gonna be chaotic. You're always going to be just short of what you're trying to do because you're so desperate, you're missing the full vantage point you're missing the full view of the thing you don't know you, you don't even know what you're looking at for real because you're so you're, you're so desperate like we purposely blind ourselves to feel better we hide behind um the need but don't know how to prioritize the need so we ignore uh we ignore the the possible pain of something we don't we're not even prioritizing our need right because we're doing it from outside in. We're doing it from what our neighbor has, what our social media friend has, what the what our favorite celebrity has. Like, nah. And that's why we find ourselves in so much pain because we don't we don't know what we're doing. We're not willing to stop. We're not willing to 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 stand in our own shit and say it stinks. 
until we're able to get there, we're going to be fighting a lost cause. I know I said some days I wish I was still on that side of things because this side hurts. But like, you know, being being realistic and, you know, I've been on this journey for peace, you know, even before Kennedy died, I, I really was on some. I really got to do better for myself, not for my kids, not for my siblings, not for, you know, how my family saw who I was. But I really have to do better for myself and not better to their standards. But what do I feel like better is for me? Kennedy's passing kicked it to overdrive. Like for me, it's 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 one of those things where I always say life is like pouring salt water over flesh wounds. And I used to hear all the time that, you know, people, you know, especially surfers and stuff like, you know, surf uh, uh, salt water or beach water, ocean water, whatever. It helps you heal right it helps with the healing process and I used to believe that for so long and being from LA or let me not say being from LA um being born in LA and you know we lived in that we lived in LA I think until I was like six or seven because I remember yeah like six or seven we moved from LA but we used to go to the beach. And then even still, when we moved to Pasadena, we still used to go back, you know, um, to my aunt's house and go to the beach, rest or so. And I remember having small little cuts for whatever reason. You might step on a rock or uh, something. You know, you know, and when you're in the ocean, you don't know what be going on. You could step on a, the little she, uh, the seashells or rock something. You could um, get like these little paper cut type slices on your, on your legs and feet, not really realize it. All you know is that it stings. Right. If the cut is big enough, it's it's going to it's going to burn. Idiotically, we we believe that that burning is healing, that burning is cleansing. Right. Same like how, how we, we think that alcohol is the best solution to clean wounds. Right. I learned that if I'm not mistaken, you're not even supposed to use alcohol because it dries it out. Like it dries out the the nutrients that's supposed to be there to help it heal. So anyway, back, back to what I'm saying. So the idea was that salt water helps you with the healing process. And I always say life is like pouring salt water over flesh wounds, not because I believe that it's healing, but because it burns. It hurts so fucking bad. And the reality of it is, is that salt water, in fact, does not help with healing. It contains a high concentration of germs that multiply rapidly in certain temperatures. So it in fact hurt it in fact hurts you more. So it's things in it's things in life that people told you it's gonna help you heal. The drugs is gonna help you heal. The alcohol is gonna help you heal. The random sex situations, it's gonna help you heal. No, it's prolonging it. Trust me, I've, I've been high out of my mind. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that until the high wears off. I, I've been drunk out of my mind to the buzz wears off. I've been looking for different women to sleep with until I'm alone. It's like pouring salt water over flesh wounds. 
It gives you the illusion that it's healing, but it's hurting you. It's putting you deeper in the depression. It's pulling you further from what you're trying to heal from. Because you just, you, you're looking for the moment. You're trying to be seen. You're trying to, you're, and you're trying to be seen for the, the wrong reasons. I've been there. The, the salt water over flesh wounds, I liken that to how depression spreads through our minds. Because one thought could create an avalanche of chaos. And instead of moving forward, we, we stand again in, in clear sight. No armor, no backup, no nothing. We're standing right there and just allowing that thought to, to just to multiply into something that is that it's not. And it's difficult to stop it because, again, your mind says, chaos will get me seen. Silence, peace, nobody's paying attention. A lot of us want to be seen, and it's not for attention. The illusion of someone seeing you tells you for whatever reason they care about you. One of my favorite lines in the first Avatar movie is when their show of love was, I see you. And they didn't mean I visually have my eyes on you. It was, no, I see your soul. I see your fight. I see what you're going through. I never attached that to mental health until I started doing my research and why it's important or why people that suffer from mental illness desire to be seen. People acknowledging that I'm here or acknowledging you could be the difference between you're like, oh, okay, nobody gives a fuck if I'm on earth or not. Not saying that would be the reason why you take yourself off earth, but that's a big reason why a lot of us lose our battle because it's like, like a lot of times that be the deciding factor is nobody care if I'm here or not. And boom. You believe that. And it's not nobody's responsibility, right? It ain't no, nobody's obligated to see you. Nobody's obligated to make you feel like anything. You know, as long as they're not disrespecting you in any kind of way, it's not, they don't, they don't have to acknowledge you, right? I'm pretty sure there's a few people who have just gone through, through life from birth to death and not really had acknowledgement. They're okay. Because it's not nobody's responsibility, per se. I mean, you would hope that if you are in a relationship, you would hope that if you have kids, like that type of situation, your parents or siblings, you would hope that they would always acknowledge you in a way um, to make you feel seen, not like groveling and stuff like that. Um, studies show that uh, being seen is necessary to feel like we matter. And it promotes mental and emotional well-being, including uh, a reduced risk for anxiety and depression. Again, it's nice, but no one is obligated to do it. 
I struggle with that because, like I said earlier, majority of my business, I have to be seen. But face-to-face connection is very difficult for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm fighting that. I'm fighting both sides. All right, I got to be seen. I got to be heard. I got to do the poetry. I got to do the podcast. You know, I got to, you know, uh, post on social media. And I really don't be posting on social media because I just, it's not that I don't have no ideas. My motivation is lacking because of the depression. Why? Because I don't have anybody who I feel seen with. Not Again, it's nobody's fault. It is a mental cycle that we go through that we feel like this. A lot of us. Um... Christine Hassler is a life coach. She's a podcast host and she's a a best-selling author. And she said, we all want to be seen for who we truly are and feel accepted, safe and acknowledged in the eyes of others. But you can't expect the world to reflect back to you what you cannot see and acknowledge inside yourself. In order to receive the acceptance you crave, you have to give it to yourself first. And you guys know, I just um, I just read that uh, a couple of days ago. Y'all know how I am big about inside out. I'm going to love me like nobody has ever loved me. I'm going to love me so well that I'm going to know when I interact with you, if you're going to be able to be a part of who I am. Because I love me too much. Struggling with mental illness or not, I love me too much. I pay attention to to who I am so I know if it's going to fit or not, right? I'm going to give you some time to kind of work it out to, you know, once I'm clear with this is who I am, this is what I go through, it's up to you to choose, and you choose to stay, but you you on funny business, nah, I got to get away from you. Like, I don't befriend people often nor attempt to, like, date, like, I don't, I don't, none of that. If I don't want to be around or with someone, I'm not, I'm not seeking that. In the event I do want friendship, in the event that I do want relationship of some sort, I want to deal with people who are as interested in my friendship and my time as I am theirs. I seek people who ask and remember personal details about me because I'm going to do the same. I don't want to have to start over every single time we we have a conversation. I don't want to have, um, like, every time we see each other, I don't want to have to start over. Like, that's why I was so, like, I was so tripped out about my my trip to, uh, to CDW and Tati, right? We talk every day, almost every day via... Um, Twitter, minus the days that I just be trying to um, ghost them, right? And not trying to ghost them like they're a problem, but just I be in my moods and I be whatever. But we had never seen each other. When we finally saw each other, you would think that we grew up together. Because we remember personal details of each other. We are interested in what each other has going on in life. We are interested in each other's kids, goods or bad. We joke, you know, when the kids are being bad um, and I'm wilding, they'll they'll talk me off a, uh, off a cliff if they kids is wilding or whatever. We, you know, we laugh about it. We, we share our stories with each other, stuff like that. 
if you're not as interested in me and what I have going on as I am with you, then that's going to be a problem for me. And so I don't seek people. I don't seek people that don't reciprocate. If I can't have a conversation with you about my interest and vice versa, it's going to fuck with me. And it's going to make me not want to deal with you. Naturally, because I'm the youngest, I'm an observer and I'm a listener. A portion of my life, I had to listen because I'm the youngest. My mom had two jobs. It was just me and my two brothers. You know, before we, um, before my mom and my stepdad got married. It was just always, even matter of fact, even with them, because they, they, they worked, they worked long hours, right? Or it seemed like long hours. So I had to listen until I became old enough to be an observer um, of the situation by choice. So if I'm having a conversation with you and I and it's about my interests, like right now, mental health, poetry, podcasting, um, just art, creativity in general, like that's my theme. If I ha can't have a conversation with you about that and you be actually interested in what I'm saying, that's the issue for me. Because I'm listening to you and your interests. I remember them. And I'm going and, and to see something. Like, this is the friend that I am. I'm going to see something that one of my friends are interested in. And I'm like, yo, you see that? It's so much stuff that I picked up because my brother was interested in it. I'm not an artist in the sense of painting, um, like, uh, I don't even know what you call it. I'm not an artist, like, spray paint, paint, uh, paint. Um, I'm not that type of artist. My brother is. My son is. Half the time, I have no clue the artist's name that they're talking about. No clue. But they're so interested in it, I'll read up on artists, famous artists, uh, controversial artists, great artists, Worse, like I'll look up, I'll look into that because that's what they're interested in. And when I talk to them, if art comes up, I don't want to just be like, oh, that's cool, that's what's up. Uh, I, I don't have no clue who you're talking about. My guy DW, uh, I think one of his degrees is in history, even if it's not, my guy loves history, right? It's not that I don't like history and understanding where I come from, understanding certain things that happen in the world. It just wasn't something that I was interested in in my younger days because my priorities was different. He probably has no idea. It's certain things that he'll talk about. I won't even say nothing. I like he'll talk about a documentary. Like if he doesn't send me the documentary title or book um, directly to me, and he's talking about it, he has no idea that I'll automatically just go like look into it. My brother too. My brother be talking about books because he. My brother will read. Like I'm not even exaggerating. I like I swear it seems like he'd be reading like six hundred books a year. Like it like like it's 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 crazy how many times he'd be like, Yeah, I was reading this and I was reading and I'm like like in my mind I'm like how like how you got time for that? But a lot of times I'll go back and I'll like, oh, I remember this is the art this is the author he was talking about. I remember this is the subject. So DW would say something about um, you know, something in history, and I'd be like, Man, I don't I don't even know about that. Oh, wow, now I'm behind the scenes, like, looking into it. I'm not saying nothing to him because 
it, it's not that I'm afraid to have conversation with him about it. I just want to be prepared in, in when he does talk about it, that I can be a part of the conversation because that's my friend. So you have to find people, relationship and or friendships that you can share interest with, not because you're interested in it and you want to do it, but because that's your friend and that's somebody you believe in and you trust that the information that they're giving you is valid. And now you uh, uh, gain a deeper connection because now it's not surface no more. Right? So if I can't if, if if I can't do that, then it's a problem. Um, another thing is like what I'm learning about this trying to be visible or not being visible is being appreciative of people's presence. Don't nobody gotta come see you, Otis. So when somebody comes see you or when you go see someone. It should it should be a joy there. I remember when I when I when I got off the 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 plane in in Michigan, I was nervous. I had ne I never met I never never met them before. I don't know how I'm gonna feel. I'm weird, right? It was like a it was like a movie. I got off the thing. He's like, yo, I'm right here. I sent him a picture. I'm like, what's up, fam? Like, I put the bag in there. I get in the car. I was like, yo! We dap it up. And it was like, he he appreciated us. Be, he appreciated me being there. I appreciated him inviting me. Get to the crib. See Tati. Me and Tati hug like we siblings for real. The, it was each other's presence that we appreciated. And so I'm learning in this wanting to be seen or or the mental illness of feeling unseen. I'm learning how to be appreciative of people's presence in my life. Learning how not to ignore people. So, you know, the people that I care about, the people that are actively trying to be a part of me, I'm actively trying to be a part of them. And that's big when it comes to Feeling seen, because if you want to be seen, you have to make others feel seen. You It can't just be about you. Like, I have a friend that I'll talk to, and I'll feel myself like, dang, like, I, like mentally, and this is how I am with all my friends. There's a point of my struggle, no matter what I'm going through, that I'll stop and be like, yeah, nah, it ain't my turn. To the point that some of my friends are like, what's wrong with you? Like, nothing. It's just ain't my turn. I mean, I don't have nothing good to say, but it's not my turn to dump today. Right? Because I I, I, I want to be available. I want to be an ear. I want to be able to be a shoulder in a healthy way to my friends. I don't want to always be like, oh, the world, this, and blah, blah, blah. I'm going through this. I mean, I do be going through a lot of stuff. But some days it's just not my turn. And being able to be aware of that, be cognizant of that, and express that to your people, you know, when you're able to do that, hopefully it's reciprocated and, and there's a, a, a deeper understanding of what your friends, um, what your friends and friendships and relationships should be. So, you know, as you're trying to get as you are in this space of feeling unseen. Start to see yourself, start to believe in who you are and stand on it. And and, and I say you, you you have to get to a level to where no one 
else's opinion or perspective matters to you to an extent. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that you got to be solid about who you are so that when people do say things about you and there is opinions about you, you are so in tune with who you are and you see yourself so clearly that you know when it's true and how to adjust, even when it hurts. Like, you got to be able to do that. It's up to us to find our fit. We have to start seeing ourselves before we even give others an opportunity to do so. I want y'all to remember, we got to go through something to get somewhere. I'm just glad we're doing it together. Yo, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to www.peacefullyflawed.com for your Poetic Properties merch and your Peacefully Flawed apparel. Actually, head over there for all things complex. Get you a copy of King's Collective, which is a book of 43 poems written by me, Complex, the poet. Again, www.peacefullyflawed.com. Um, if you want to donate to the podcast, head over to Good Pods, download that app. It is a great app for podcast listeners and podcast hosts. I think by far for me, it's the best one to be able to interact with people, um, to see the reviews right there. You don't have to go searching for them episode by episode. They're literally right there on that page. Um, you can do a Q&A with your favorite podcast host, and it's a tip jar over there. Again, that's Good Pods app. Um, go ahead and download that. If you want to download or if you want to donate to the business overall, head over to my Twitter page. It's a tip jar on my uh, complex page at the complex. Again, those are ways that you could uh, help out the business or donate, however you want to see it. For those of you that like, comment, and share, I appreciate you all the same. It's all love. I thank you that you spend time with me. You give me that 45 minutes to an hour of your time. Hopefully, these sessions are helping you guys. Again, www.peacefullyflawed.com for all things complex. Remember, no matter the darkness, as long as we breathe and we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Peace.